This is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. Zen Parenting Radio, that's uh, episode number 169. You want to know what Zen Parenting Radio is, sweetie? I do. Zen Parenting Radio is a discussion between a spiritual and practical... No. No. Spiritual and emotional mom. Correct. And a logical and practical dad. That's me. Sometimes we get all jumbled up, though. Yeah, like now, because I'm working on not as much sleep as I'm used to. I'm practically emotional, and you're logically spiritual. We have three daughters, ages 6, 9, and 11. Yes, today. Today, J.C. Bird's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Okay, that's good. Okay. Our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, become a better you. The best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Great. Topics of the week. We're going to answer some questions, one specifically from a listener asking about how they can uh, cultivate uh, mindfulness practices for their for young children. Teach mindfulness practices to what their child. Say? Cultivate. Yeah. Uh, cultivate's a stronger word than teach. Yeah. And, I, and it's not yeah. necessarily a wrong word. It's just not the way I would describe what she's asking. Are you saying that I'm wrong and you're right? No. Okay. And then uh, I'm going to talk about a term that I heard a little while back called creeping separateness. Creepy crawlies. And I don't really have the definition other than the fact that, you know, one day you wake up and you realize that you're not as close to your wife as you wish you were. Are you feeling that way? Is that why you want to talk about this? No, because I practice these four things. Every day? Actually, I don't. There's one that I don't at all. Which one? I'm not going to. I'm teasing it. Okay. I'm choosing it. I'm choosing it. Um, and then uh, iTunes reviews. We didn't talk about this last time, so I'm going to do it now because we always encourage people to give us reviews on iTunes, and um, we didn't read them last week. So we have a bunch, and I'm not going to read their reviews, but I'm going to read the people who wrote the reviews. Okay. Um, I hate on noobs, N-O-O-B-S. I don't okay. know what that means, but they gave us five stars. Thanks, I hate on noobs. And us <laughs> Keiths, you, you Keiths gave us five stars. They said Zen Parenting Rocks. And then OrcaPod95065, highly recommends and parenting. Thank you. And Joni, good old Joni. Uh, she gave us five stars and she listens every night uh, after going to bed. Nice. It's Thank ni- you. She says it's nice to be reminded I'm not alone in this thing called parenting. You know? You're not alone, Joni. I got your back. You're not alone. You I know, think we're alone now. Tiffany, Tiffany, we talked about Tiffany this weekend. She's kind of been around lately. I've been hanging in our around. conversations. Yes, and she's a no talent. Really? Right? Isn't she? Uh, well, I don't think she's a no talent. She's I just, a minimal talent. I think that she kind of was a kind of a one hit wonder. We figured out that she had more than one hit. She actually but could do a great. It doesn't hits count album. if your hit is a cover, does it? <laughs> Well, it's still a hit, and it's your song. It's not your song. No, but, it's not your song. But it's still a hit. She's a copycat. Well, now you're being harsh. Um, and then there's this other woman. I think her name was Kay, and she's from the UK. And it doesn't show up on our US iTunes feed, but she gave us a nice review, too. Nice. Thank you, everybody. I wish I could speak with an English accent, but I'm not very good at accents. You just sound like Forrest Gump. That's L- what she said. Is that a Mr. Gump? <laughs> Mrs. Gump? Uh, yeah, I'm not very good at accents. No, that wasn't very good. Um, sometimes, well, back in the old days when I used to play beer drinking games with my friends, they would always want to play a game where you had to do an accent, and they would do that. They would make that rule simply because they knew I wasn't good at it. Yeah, we got to find you. Good I mate. That's pretty good. Let's put another shrimp on the bobby. That that's better. What's this? Hello, me lady. I have no idea. That's Irish. No, it's not yes, at it all. Is. 
Um, so let's talk. Okay. Well, I'm kind of tired. So am I. Because one of my children, my youngest daughter, is Did we sick, can- and she's been throwing up. And last night, Todd and I didn't sleep because she threw up a lot. She uh, threw up the first few times, and then it was a bunch of dry heaving. Ugh. And I felt horrible for her. I felt terrible for me, <laughs> but even worse for her. <laughs> Uh, there's just a lot of thrown up. Like, it's, like she, and you know, she was such a trooper. There was no, she would just do it and kind yeah. of move on and go back to sleep. Like it wasn't a horrific experience. It just was tiring. Like you and I, because our kids are It was a every older. half hour for like four hours. Yeah. So it's like just eight vomit episodes. We don't do that much anymore. And she doesn't, I haven't, I don't ever remember in Skylar's entire life, her throwing up I know. this much. Has she ever thrown up before? I don't know. I honestly, so it was all kind of new, and I'm tired. I don't but, keep track of stuff. But because we're talking about um, mindfulness, because I think one of the questions from a listener was, um, "How do I bring mindfulness into my child's life?" Marna, and how do I start those conversations when my kids are young, so it becomes a they integrate it and it becomes a part of who they are as they get older. Marna asks, maybe a top ten practices for young children. I have a five year old and twenty month old. The earlier I instill this practice, the better chance the practice will be second nature to them. While I don't expect them to meditate at this age, I want practical tips on ways I can maybe prime them for an introduction later on. Well, you, Kathy Adams, I challenge you right. to come up with some tips. For Marna and everybody else that's listening. Well, you asked me about this 10 minutes ago, and so I came up with, wait, where's my, oh, I, here's one. I came up, I was like, wait, I had seven. Um, I came up with my seven favorite, and this is my and I jumbled came up, list. And I came up with my zero favorite. I know. Well, I knew this would be more my You're, you're thing. carrying this one. Um And the reason – these are the ones that came to mind first and these are the ones that you probably hear the most. Well, maybe you don't hear these all the time. These are kind of – I'm pulling them from lots of different places. So do you want me to start? Um, Real quick. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting. It's all right. HunterYoga.com, our partner. She's awesome. She's doing a 28-day program, uh, daily immersion, uh, yoga from the comfort of your own home for moms. And you can get more information about her at HunterYoga.com slash Zen. Now, Kathy Adams, I challenge you to start teaching me about teaching mindfulness to our kids. Okay. Well, regardless of how old your kids are, I think that the first thing you should talk to them about uh, or make a priority is breathing. And you can call it mindful breathing or you can just call it breathing. And the most important part of breathing is reminding them that their body breathes itself. You know, you can even, I, you know, ask kids all the time, are you breathing your body or does your body breathe itself? Well, your body breathes itself. You, you don't have to like think about breathing. It just does it. You don't have to tell your heart to pump. It just does. So you're breathing all the time without doing anything. But if you join in your breathing, if you become consciously aware of your breathing and help your body breathe by taking a big, deep breath from, we'll do it right now, from the from your toes, start down your toes, all the way up to your head. And with kids, you want to give them a visual where they can actually see it. And then exhale. They can exhale. You know, yogic breathing is often exhaling through the nose, inhale through the nose, out, um, out through the nose. But they can do it through their mouth. And sometimes it making a sound like mm-hmm. Todd just did. Yeah. You know, kids like to 
like blow it out. Well, when I did, uh, we did the BU program for uh, the fifth graders uh-huh. at our school and a bunch of rambunctious, wonderful, but uh, energetic fifth year old, fifth grade boys. And we did breathing exercise every single time. And every single time these cool fifth graders admitted that they felt better afterwards. Well, and that's the thing is if you start to use it um, in a way that it becomes like, for example, when I do women's circle, I, uh, the women come in and sit down and we're all talking, talking, talking. And like 80% of the time, sometimes I forget, but I say, okay, let's all put our feet on the ground, take a deep breath, get away from where we were not focus on where we're going, but just be here. And that's the way we start. You do that with kids. You and I do that at dinner time when we sit down with the girls. Um, I do it for myself when I'm about to sit down and work. Um, because if I do not, then what I end up doing is bouncing from thing to thing to thing to thing. I've got to calm myself before I start working. So with children, it's the same thing. Before you start your homework, why don't you take a nice deep breath? Before you respond to your brother, why don't you take a nice deep breath? So mindful breathing, I think, is one of the most important and the most effective mindfulness practices. I agree. And it uh, cannot be understated. It can't be. And, and you know, of course, pract- you practicing it in front of your child is going to be more effective than you just telling your child to do it all Sweetie, the time. Sweetie, you just stole the only idea I had, oh, which I'm sorry, I honey. wrote down role modeling. Oh, good. So good. way to steal my stuff. Way to steal your thunder? Real smooth, Cliff. Oh, sorry about that. Hey, if you know what movie that's from, it's a hard movie line. Real smooth, Is Cliff. that really a hard movie line? Don't have, we all know that movie line? If you know it, post it or send me an email, comments at zenparentingradio.com. The movie line is real smooth, And you want to know Cliff. what line comes right before that? I'm at a loss. Who says that? Don't say there. Uh, does a uh, farmer... Yeah, he, he say says that? that. Remember, they walk in and they the beer cans go down. Oh, I'm at a loss. I'm you're at right, a loss. You're right. You're right. You're and right. then he says, "Real smooth clip." So I don't know what I'll send you, but okay. go ahead and email me and tell me what movie "Real Smooth Cliff" is from. Okay, so number two. Yeah. Mindfulness practice. Hold on, number two. That oh. means I need my drum roll. But you didn't give me a drum roll for one. Okay. <laughs> Okay, it's way too long. <laughs> I think you and I are both puke tired because um, you're tired too. You're, oh, you're yeah. being I'm, funky. I'm slappy. Okay. Slappy happy? I am slappy happy. Okay. Puke tired. Number two. You just coined a new phrase. It is. If you've if your child's been puking and you've been up all night, <laughs> puke you're tired. puke tired. <laughs> I got a headache. I got a headache in the back of my head. Do you really? Yes. Oh, that's too bad. It happens when, you, when you're puke tired. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number two. Talking to your kids about having an understanding of present moment, Um, talking to them about past, future, present. When my girls, specifically one of my girls, she will focus on, oh, what am I going to do when this happens tomorrow? Or what am I going to do when this happens on Wednesday? And and I don't get all judgmental you know, on her. And I don't make her feel bad about that because I think that's very common. I think everybody does that. You know, you look forward and you say, oh, gosh, how am I going to handle this mm-hmm. three days from now? Very normal. But the tool I try and give her is, you know what? You don't have to do that yet because you're here. Yeah. You're And usually she's in bed. You're in bed. Right now you're with your books. The only thing you're supposed to do in this moment is relax in your bed and read your book. You don't have to figure out how you're going to do that in the future because when the future comes, you're going to know how to do it. But you can't practice then. You can only be here now. Well, and I don't have it queued up, but I will. I want to give a shout out to Oprah and Eckhart. Mm-hmm. And one thing I remember uh, them teaching me on the A New Earth video study course that we talked about in last week's podcast was, you know, if somebody's worried about money, they're worried about whether making their mortgage payment or credit card bill or whatever, 
and people get all riled up, including me. Like a, a personal example is college tuition. We have three daughters that are going to go to college someday. And I find myself really, really worried right now how I'm going to make the tuition bills that doesn't happen for another eight years. Right. And the bottom line is there's nothing I can do about it right now. <laughs> and it's almost, in this moment. We and, don't even have, I'm sorry. And when that time comes, I will be forced to deal with it. Now, right. it doesn't mean I don't plan right, right now, right. but the worry about that is fruitless. It, it is literally useless yeah. because we what we will have then, we have no idea what will be going on then. We only have no idea about our work, about our job, about anything. All we can do is be here in the moment and be wise in the moment, meaning, as Todd said, we put away some money, mm-hmm. you know, just a little bit every month, and we have these, you know, our family donates to it occasionally, and we, you know, we're being smart. Right. We're not just throwing Doesn't money out the window. Doesn't mean you bury your head in the sand. No. But what, but what grownups and kids, including myself, are... Um, prone to is worrying about something that is beyond our control in this present moment. And trying to figure out, trying to figure it out right now as if that's even possible. And I'm sure you guys have heard the quote before. It's an Einstein quote. Um, a brain can't, uh, let's see, solve. you can't solve a problem with the same brain that created it. Right. And I may be paraphrasing yeah. that a bit, but the point of it is, is if you've already created that problem in your head, mm-hmm. it's very difficult for that same level of thinking to solve that problem. Problem. Right. You have to go like the same brain can do it, meaning if you get to a more conscious level or more mindful level, then the solving of it would just be to let it go right. because there's nothing you can do. So there is a way to deal with it, but to try and solve something, that's what a vicious cycle of thinking is, is where something will happen and we try and figure it out in our head and we'll be like, okay, now I have it figured out. Nothing happened. Nothing no. changed. These are just thoughts you're having. And, um, you know, as again, get Eckhart, we've mentioned him three times already, but worry pretends to be necessary. That's one of my all-time favorite quotes. It pretends. You think you're doing something when you're worrying and you're not. You think it's valuable to worry. And it's not. And some people might say, well, sometimes worrying is valuable because it, it propels me in a certain direction. Well, you can still be propelled without the worry. You can... And people often live their lives in fear mm-hmm. where they will say, because I was afraid I did this or this, I did this all in fear. And what I would like to say is there's another way to do the exact same thing without fear. Right. You can save without fear. Mm-hmm. You can go to work without fear. Yeah. You can drive down the highway without fear. Right. And we we have somehow created in our heads, we think the reason we're safe is because we're afraid. Right. And that's not true. Right. So past, present, and future, giving our kids an understanding of that when they're still talking about something that happened last week, saying, you know what? It already happened. It's gone. It's done. There's nothing you can do about it. And that's okay. Not in a not in a punitive way. And you don't tell them they're silly or stupid. This is not a, an opportunity to rip on your child. This is to give them a, a tr- an understanding. It's a lesson, a teaching in if you got a C on a test last Wednesday, it already happened. So you can have your your thoughts about it, meaning you can maybe think about it or have some emotional response. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. You can have an emotional response about it. But once you have that emotion, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Don't want to. What's the words? <laughs> <laughs> How can you not know? Because everybody, speaking of Frozen... It is now the top grossing Disney movie of all time. It surpassed The Lion King. 
just yesterday. Yeah, it's like a billion dollars or something like that. Isn't that crazy? And I was just reading Rolling Stone, and it is the the CD is back to number one. Be the good girl. <laughs> How many times have we played Let It Go on the show? This is like number seven. It's a great song. It is. Well, now they know. Well, now they know. I like that little piano part. I know. We should just play this. Why do they need? Why, they don't need to hear us talking. Just play Adina Menzel. Adina. You're Adina. Are you being John Travolta? Adele Dazeem? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So past, present, future. So far, and future. I'm impressed with your first. How many have you done? Two or three so far? We have. I've done two. Okay. I'll number, give you a thumbs up so far. Okay. Number three, um, one of my favorites is is. Uh, remind your children and do this practices for them. Um, take in the joy of a moment is a lot of times when something good happens, we'll, you know, something good will be happening and we'll say, yeah, well, this is great, but then we have to leave in an hour or yeah, this is great, but we won't be here tomorrow. Or, you know, a child will, you know, they'll catch a baseball and then they'll say, yeah, but what if I don't catch it tomorrow? Or what if I don't? <laughs> totally. The total Debbie Downers. Total Debbie Downers where what we want our kids to practice is taking in that moment and saying, how does that feel? T- you know, tell me how that feels. And doesn't this feel great? And isn't this moment wonderful? And isn't the sky blue or whatever? You don't have to be cheesy. It's just help them attach. No, no, wrong word. That mindfulness people would Embrace. not like that. Embrace a moment, a joyful moment. When a child is like, wow, I'm feeling so good about what I did. You should. That's wonderful. Feel it. Take it in. Breathe it in. Like allow them to to feel that moment. Well, what's interesting about our listener's question, and I totally believe her and that she wants to, you know, cultivate these practices with her kids, but really the kids are doing it already. Generally speaking, yeah. are much better at being in the present moment yeah. than we are. For sure. So although I, I am right there with her, it is weird to say, to even talk about this in one way, because that is one of the things that our children can teach us right. above anything else. So maybe what we should be saying is these are the things that we can practice in the presence of our children so our children can integrate it as being important because, as Todd said, um, our children do these things naturally and we kind of pound it out of them. Yeah. Um, we will have a moment, uh, you know, our child will be having a moment and we'll be like, yeah, but we're in a hurry. Let's move on. Or our child will feel proud and we'll say, don't get too full of yourself. Or our child will... Well, our child will climb up on a snow mountain and to your point we'll be like oh come be on careful, we, be careful be careful or we gotta go we even gotta though go. we don't have to go and right. this kid is just enjoying this or a puddle there's they st- i love how my kids go they they don't miss a puddle no they don't and us adults we dodge every puddle we right. can i'm talking about the puddles in your driveway puddles on right. your sidewalk and they're experiencing life right. and we're just moving around life. Well, like one of my favorite, uh, and this happened more than once, but at my girl's school, the um, grass ended up getting totally iced over this year because it kept raining and then snowing freezing. and then freezing. So the grass was just like a, an ice skating rink. Yeah. And what Skylar and I would do when I'd pick her up from kindergarten is we would walk toward each, each other and and meet in the middle and we'd slip and slide mm-hmm. the whole way there. Mm-hmm. And it was great. Yeah. It was like, let's have fun with this. Rather, it, The thing is, she's so close to the ground. Mm-hmm. If she falls, which she did, and her mom almost did too, um, then it's no big deal. Yeah, and big half, She had her snow pants on half the time. It's not a big deal. And we're so... And us grownups go over to the sidewalk. We're hyper fearful. We're too... 
overbearing. Or we're in too much of a rush or one of yes, yes, we're in too much of a rush. And then the question is, is sometimes we say we're in a hurry, we have to get in the car, and then you realize you really don't. Sometimes you have an appointment, sometimes you have to be somewhere, but a lot of times you don't. We have this uh, default mode of thinking that we're always, we're always in late. a rush. Yeah. And many times we are, but many, many, many times, times we are not. And that was a big lesson for me a few years ago. Yeah is having that awareness of, wow, why am I in a hurry? Um, okay, next one. Uh, Are you going to do that long? Okay, that's better. <laughs> um, number four, making sure that your home at certain times is quiet. And I know if you've got a lot of kids and you're going to be like, my house is never quiet. What I mean by that is sometimes I go into people's homes and they've got the radio on, they have the TV on, they have like five screens up, they have, it's just loud. There's just a lot of noise in just energy. You know, there's just a lot of technology going, there's a lot of music going and a lot of kids live in that and it's very chaotic and we're not even aware of it. You know, like there's certain people's homes where they have a TV in the kitchen and they have a TV in the family room and then they have a radio going in the bathroom and they're not even aware because they're so used to that noise and that chaos. And one thing that's really helpful for kids if you want them to be more mindful and conscious is to have a home that for the most part is quiet. You know, if you have, you know, there's times when they're watching a movie and you've got your subwoofer going and that's great. Yeah. But most of the time, can they, can it be a somewhat peaceful place? And if your house cannot be because you have like triplets and it's mm-hmm. loud and they're crying, can their room be mm-hmm. a peaceful place? Um, this might annoy you, something I do. Tell okay. me if this annoys you. When we're watching live TV, which is rare because we usually DVR everything, I mute the commercials, uh-huh. and I just think that that's a wonderful break from the energy that the TV emits. For sure. Um, do you ever get annoyed at me for doing that? The only time I got annoyed is last night when we were watching The Good Wife because you would not unmute it fast enough, and I wanted to watch what was going <laughs> to be of said all, next. I I unmuted it plenty fast. No, it wasn't fast enough because uh, I did, was. You didn't want to miss like the two very seconds. one quarter of the first second. I know. Last night's Good Wife was don't so good. Don't spoil it, sweetie. I'm not going. I'm not going to spoil anything. But don't spoil it. All right. <laughs> I just wanted it unmuted, but normally I don't care. Yeah. Normally I'm not. So that's a little trick. Um, If you're watching, you know, the baseball game or you're watching whatever, doesn't matter what you're watching. Mute the commercials. Mute the commercials. And also, if you're watching a baseball game in happy baseball season, everybody, you can mute the game. Play ball. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I mean, play-by-play is great. I'm not saying that. Oh, no. But you can watch the game without needing all the sound. Exactly. And so the thing about quiet, it's not just about the sounds in your house. It's about respecting quiet in the car. You don't always have to have the radio on. Totally. I'm so guilty of that. Totally. You don't have to. That's a habitual thing. I get in, I turn it on, and then I'm like, why am I turning this on? And then I'll have the discipline to spend five minutes on the way from basketball back home to sit in quiet. And I'm like, why don't I do this every single time? And then you turn the audio off in the car and then I get in the car and I think my Bluetooth's not working, but really it's because Todd turned the audio off and then we get into a disagreement. Yeah, that's that's some foundational problems that (laughs) we have going on. But it'll be funny because I'll be like, oh, of course the audio's off. And it takes me forever to figure out that that's the problem. Anyway, the the point is, is the quiet is... Is if you can't be mindful or you can't be mindful in a, um, let me say it this way. You can be a lot more mindful if it's quiet. I think that people can be mindful anywhere, even in noisy places. But, <laughs> but if all you can hear are those crickets, 
Hi, little crickets. <laughs> then you know that's a good peaceful place and that you want your home or at least areas of your home to have that sense of peace because your kids are going from place to place to place all day. They're in a loud school. They're in a loud classroom. They're listening to loud music. They're playing loud games. And if they can have peace somewhere, that's huge. So quiet time. All right. That's number four. Number five. Practice listening, and I mean this in a few different ways. Um, when you are outside um, with your kids, maybe you guys are taking a walk or you're sitting on the lawn or you're doing something outside, they're riding their bikes. Um, and maybe not when they're riding their bikes because they have them close their eyes. Don't have them close their eyes when they're riding their that bikes. That would be bad. But have them close their eyes and listen to the sounds of outside. To one of, the, one of my favorite mindfulness practices when I am meditating is as soon as when I sit down to meditate, basically the first five minutes is just everything I'm thinking about blah, 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 in my head, you know, just like craziness in my head. Once that starts to kind of calm down, what I like to do is just focus on what I can hear. And I crack the window open in my little mindful or in my little meditation area, and I can hear the outside and I can hear the train. Um, Todd and I live don't we don't live too far from the train tracks and I can hear birds and other, you know, trucks going by on North Avenue or whatever. And that grounds me mm. when I can hear sounds. Yeah. So teaching them to listen, listen to the birds, listen to that plane overhead, listen. And also that's the more like, you know, more meditative practice, but then listening to other people and not needing to talk so much. Yeah. Listening is an art form and a skill that is very hard to get good at. It is. And and Todd and I are realizing how with kids, how because we're working with kids again, how difficult it is to get kids to listen to each other. That every that and this is so natural and developmentally appropriate, but they are so anxious to say, Me too, me too, or wait, you did that? What about this? And kids have a very hard time taking themselves back and allowing another kid to talk. Mm -hmm. And so helping your kids practice listening. Now, here's, you know, going back to Todd's point of role modeling, you have to do that. Right. When your child is telling you a story or is telling you about their day, shut up mm -hmm. and just let them tell you and try not to be so teachy and preachy and just let them tell you a full story. And peachy. And meachy. That's not a word. <laughs> I, know. I was on a roll with peachy. <laughs> And creechy. Screechy. <laughs> Leechy. That's not a word either. <laughs> it is too. No, it's not. I saw a thing the other day that um, women right now they're trying to who are trying to get rid of wrinkles are doing facials and the facial is putting leeches on your face. Yikes. Whenever I, I think of leeches, I think of stand by me. Yes. It's a tough scene. When they've got them all over their bodies. Yes. Well, I just think that if you're I just think your willingness to put leeches all over your face, I think there's a priority issue. You think? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, how many more we got? Two more. Six, emotional awareness, mindfulness practice of having your kids be – helping your kids become conscious of the feelings that they're having. What I mean by that is if you have very little kids – and they are feeling or seem to be feeling angry, frustrated, sad, whatever you seem to be perceiving in them, 
giving them words for what they are feeling can help them be much more much more mindful about what's happening in their body. If you can give them a word for anger and they're feeling anger, then they start to understand themselves a little more. They can be present in their anger, say, I am feeling angry, and then eventually release that. But if they don't have any language or understanding or permission from you to feel and express those things, then those things get stuffed down and it's very difficult for them to be present in a moment because they're constantly reeling. Well, you said language, understanding, and permission, and those are three very different things. Language is of emotions. Yes. Is uh, is giving, you just said this, but I think it's important to restate it. Give them the words. Yeah. Because if they don't have the words, they're not going to be able to express it well. That's right. Uh, understanding, that's kind of the, uh, kind of like language, but permission mm-hmm. is they need to make sure that they're in a safe place, that if they do show anger or frustration, Mm -hmm. or sadness, or whatever it is, then they're going to be so much healthier in the long run if they're able to do that. So, And I know for many of you parents, you know, you say things like, my kids feel certain things and I don't think they should be feeling them at this time or this place or whatever. And I understand that. But we have to kind of expand our awareness of that our children are... Um, they don't have the same kind of patience an adult does. They don't have the same kind of attention span an adult does. And I say this because like the story I told a, a week ago or so about how my daughter um, had to sit in that you know beauty salon with me for like three or four hours and she was so upset and she was so mad. And that instead of me saying, oh, come on, or I said, I would be too, Mm -hmm. that we can have an understanding of why our children get angry. And as soon as we can validate and say, the way you're feeling, I get it. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to say, I feel that way too. You can just say, I get it. Then they're done. Because all any human being is looking for, any human being, no matter who you are, is do you see me? Do you hear me? Well, and when you say they're done, they may not be done, but they're closer to being done. Good point. They may not be done. Maybe they do need to have a little more stomps or a little more screams or be heard in some way or have a good cry. But they are at least, you've gotten one of the things done, which is validating it. Because if you decide, if your child is feeling angry and you constantly tell them why they shouldn't be, they're going to push right back against you. Because you know what? They already are. Talk about past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. If if your child is feeling a certain way and you say, well, you shouldn't be, you're not in the present with them. Right. You're already saying that you should have taken away that feeling in the past or you should already be in the future. They already are feeling it. And so, you know, it's more about how can I help you now? And then when it has passed and you can be, you know, in a safe space with them where the emotion is no longer, you know, taking over, how can I help you next time? Or you can say, wow, you're really upset, you know, because a lot of parents might make them feel bad about a previous trip. Yeah. You know, throw guilt on them. Right. Because that that always helps. (sighs) Guilt trips, not a fan. Okay. Last one. Last but not least. You know what? It's it's really not a new one because you put role modeling. My number seven is do it yourself. I do it myself. I do it myself. Uh, Yeah. Um, I don't know how much really we need to get into that. Just if you want your, whatever, you want your kids to be happy, be happy. You want your kids to read, read. You want your kids to meditate, meditate. Yeah. If you want your kids to find time for quiet, have find time for quiet. That doesn't mean they're automatically going to, but once again, it's that much more likely that they will because they're... Uh, familiar and comfortable with seeing it. And for example, you know, I've been doing um, 
yoga around my kids since the day they were born. My kids don't like wake up every day and do yoga. They don't even ask to go to yoga classes. But you know what I do know about my kids? They're familiar with it. Mm -hmm. If they ever did decide to go to yoga class, I think they'd have a a strong sense of understanding. And it wouldn't be a big stretch, a big leap for them to do. It wouldn't be a leap. And they already, I'm going to use the word buy-in, but what I mean is they already know that it's helpful. They already know the benefits of it. They already know that their mom enjoyed it. And so if there is a day that they choose it, it's not going to be that crazy of a decision. So I want to get into the next section of our show. But first, I want to talk about our second partner, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. That's Dr. Kelly. And she has a workshop coming up uh, April 15th on ear infections and antibiotics, what every parent should know. Uh, You can give her a number or give them a call at 630-941-8733. And their website is chirotree.com. So check them out. They're, they're a wonderful partner of ours. So creeping separateness, the silent killer of a marriage. So what is it? It is, in my opinion, uh, life kind of slowly getting, uh, infiltrating your relationship with your wife. Like we all get... Um, life slowly infiltrating your relationship with your wife. Yes. Like just the, the day to dayness of it, the, um, worry, just everything that kind of, you like, you wake up one day, like, how come I don't feel about you the way I did a year ago or five years ago or Mm. 10 years ago? It's so sad. I know, but it happens a lot. And that's, that's the foundation of divorce. This is what happens. People like, I, I fell out of love with you. I don't know how that happened. And, and I have four different tools that we can all do. So, you know, hopefully you're not um, feeling any of these things, but... Can I can I change some words? Sure. Because I think you're right. People say, I fell out of love with you. Yeah. And, and that can be a very harsh thing. But what I really think to make that, to soften those edges a little bit, I feel disconnected from you. I think I, it I starts don't... out as disconnection and then, then eventually they say, I fell out of love with you. Right. I think, discon- you know, and a lot of this is semantics. Okay. But um, so uh, this is so easy for this to happen. I mean, you got kids kind of just weighing heavy on your ma- your mind, you know, because we're kind of getting into our middle ages. We're both in our younger 40s. You're about <laughs> to sneeze. There's that sneeze. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. Um, so that's not part of creeping separateness. No. I'm still blessing you. Thank you. I don't, Bless you back. I do not say guzuntite. No, you don't. And you don't pretend that I'm not sneezing. That's right. Because I would be kind of rude. So I don't know if I'm explaining this well, but these are my four tips. Okay, let's hear it. All right. And none of it is going to be mind-altering. Uh, revelation as my sweetie is yawning. I'm not yawning at you. It's the puke tires. Um, number one, weekly date night that allows you to keep communication yes, channels open. This huge. is something we're pretty good at. We're not perfect, but we're pretty good at it. Yeah. Um, and one rule that we kind of have that I don't know if we, it's hard and fast rule, but it's about us. It's not about our kids. Right. Um, you know, when you have a date with your wife, make it as if your kids weren't around because it's just so easy to use your children as a crutch, as a vehicle of communication with your spouse. For sure. Because one day your kids are not going to be around. They're going to have their own lives and they're not going to live under your roof. So you need to have some foundational stuff that has nothing to do with your kids. You know, and it's funny. I've realized that a lot of families do really focus all their energy and conversations around their kids. 
And even though that definitely happens with us, it's not like we're immune to that. I kind of feel like you can flip that. And this is what you and I do a lot is a lot of our conversations about things we like, and then our kids get invested in that. Mm. Like we'll be talking, you and I will be talking about music and they'll be asking us questions about music, or we'll be talking about a movie and they'll ask us questions. Like instead of like, kids, tell us about your lives and we'll jump in and Mm -hmm. we talk about our lives and then they become interested in it. So anyway. Um, And and by the way, I want to clarify, this does not mean a romantic dinner. I mean, you can have it be a romantic dinner, but it could be you and I going to Chipotle, having a burrito. Sure. You just got to fit it in. It doesn't have to be a big, because people will be like, oh, I don't have the budget for it or we don't have the time. It could be a half an hour. Right. That half hour is invaluable. If you break a half an hour a week over 52 weeks, that's a lot of quality time with your partner. And a lot of when people say, I don't have time or I don't, we that would just never happen. It's about breaking routines. Yeah. And something has to give and some, rut- some kind of routine has to break, either the person who's at the office until eight has to come home at six or seven instead Mm -hmm. or the person at home who's ready to relax early has to maybe stay up a little later to make this happen a routine has to change but it's for the best interest so my number two um, monthly experience you know what does that mean that just means something a little bit bigger than going to chipotle you know maybe it is a romantic dinner just once Mm -hmm. a month that's 12 times a year orlando the hulk ride not that much (laughs) um you can you know just do something a little bit more special once a month okay okay number three yearly extravaganza that's orlando and the hulk ride that's orlando we went to orlando a few weeks ago and we both kind of had this sunday blue i call it sunday blues Mm -hmm. mild depression about not being in orlando without kids yeah and one day (laughs) you said to me let's play orlando (laughs) which i thought was really funny what you What, what does it mean to play orlando well you were lying on the couch and the girls were upstairs, and so I got the, on the other end of the couch. I got a blanket and mm. pretended that we were going to lay down and watch True Detective like we did in Orlando. Mm. So I said, "Let's play Orlando." That's right. We didn't even play Orlando. We did didn't, we? but we were com- comfy. And so yearly extravaganza, and that doesn't have to be. This doesn't mean you have to get on a plane either. But go away with your partner. Yeah, a weekend, a night, a, a weekend, a, a night. hotel room, yeah, whatever. Just get away. Sybaris. Last. <laughs> <laughs> Some people do that. I know. Yeah. I know they do. You're a big fan of Sybaris. No, I've never been to the Sybaris. Oh, okay. But when I say that, I don't mean that like I, I'm i judgmental of it. It That's what Sybaris is for. Uh, is Sybaris like a Chicago thing or is it everywhere? I don't know. I don't know. But for those of you who may not know what a Sybaris is, it's kind of one of it's those. It's like a romantic It's like a romantic hotel, hotel where getaway. there's like a you know, hot tub in the middle of the room and, you know, it's like, it's all for Whenever for I think purpose. of hot tubs now, I think of The Bachelor because don't they always They're get always in the, in the hot, hot tub. tub? Not that I've watched in a while, but Chris, I have a feeling if I, I watched Chris. The Bachelor, it'd be very similar to The Last Bachelor. I, I was so done with that show after the second season. I think I was done after the eighth. Yes, it took you a little bit <laughs> because they said the same single thing. Well, that's thing. what makes it fun. That's what makes it boring. You love Chris Harrison. Last, last but not least, this is a, by far the most important thing, and this is the one I don't do. Okay. Um, and I think I stole this idea from another guy, so I can't claim ownership. Okay. Five for five means five minutes of engaged listening being at five feet away from your spouse. Ooh, I like that. Or less. So in other words, you touch it, you know, like you're at the kitchen counter. Yes, yes. And you're actually physically connecting. Like yes. You have your hand on her knee or she's hold, or whatever. Your hand is on her shoulder. 
for five whole minutes. And that's a long time. Yes. If you think about it, when you come home, you come home, you're busy, you need to, you want to get something to eat, you want to relax, you want to watch TV. Five minutes is a long time. Well, and it's funny because to me, it's not. I think this is a personality type thing. I'm, I tend to be a little more touchy feely and I, you know, I, kind of just sit, I'll just come sit on you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you'll be sitting somewhere and I will just come, you know, like that. that isn't difficult for me. But I think that for you, like I said this to you last week, we had a day where, you know, you and I were both working and we were ships in the night, you know, kind of. Star-crossed lovers. Star, he was coming in, I was going out and we're having one of those days. And then he stayed up. I went to bed early and then Todd stayed up until like 11 and then he got in bed with his earphones on and was on his phone for another hour. Yeah. So I I have to be like, stop. Assertive. Assertive, you know, look at me, give, or at least you don't have to get off your phone. It's not like your phone becomes the problem. It's Let's let's hug first and give me if give me just like this five says, minutes five minutes and then go back to doing what you're doing. But sometimes you um, and sometimes days will go by and and uh, one thing that we kind of skipped over it's engaged listening right too. It's not just the the physical proximity. Ask a, ask your wife how her day was mm. and be interested in mm. it. And then same goes the other way. Don't and, yawn. Yeah. Or don't check your email. Don't check your email. And same goes for the wife yeah, to the husband. You're right. It's not yep. one way. It's two ways. I agree. Um, so we're 40 minutes in. Okay. So I wanted to talk about this uh, listener's question, which is an important one, but we'll have to try to I fit can, it in next I can week. say something about it real quick if you want me It'll to. It'll take me like five minutes to even explain okay. it in the okay. way I want we'll to explain it. We'll do it next time it. then. Uh, so hopefully we can get it in next week. So right. promotional stuff. My sweetie has a book, actually two books, Self-Aware Parent Part 1 uh-huh. and Part 2. And you know, something I never really promote on the show, but I thought I better start talking about it more. For the last year and a half, I've been a columnist for Chicago Parent Magazine. And what that means is if you're not from the Chicago area, Chicago Parent is a magazine, like a you know handheld magazine um, that goes out every month. It's a wonderful uh, magazine. Mm-hmm. The people who work on this are fantastic and um, the other writers are wonderful and I have a column called The Self-Aware Parent. So if you ever pick one up, um, look for that. And if you don't pick it up, you can look for it online. Um, just look up The Self-Aware Parent Chicago. Self-Aware Parent Chicago Parent. I don't. I rarely promote that, but I, I love doing it. Yeah. It's it's something that I take very seriously. So. Um, and I have my monthly men's group, and we are meeting, I think, in two weeks. So if you're interested in that, uh, guys only, and the idea is to engage in a deeper discussion that is not – oriented around uh, girls or sports or booze. So we talk about real stuff um, and uh, and there's a bunch of really amazing men that are in this group. Really great guys, really diverse group. So if you're interested, shoot me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com. One of the listeners actually uh, reached out to me after last week. So great. it's working. Yes. Um, what else? Uh, BU, do we talk about, talk about this company? Just that we are, you know, if you didn't know this already, BU is now incorporated. It is now BU Inc. It's a conscious We even have a checkbook. Company. We, we do. We have a little credit card too with a $500 limit. We're woo-hoo. like, woo-hoo. we're going to go out and really buy something. That's right. Um, but anyway, uh, conscious living company, right? Conscious living company. And what that means is that, you know, that's where BU Girls Club is and all the teaching that we do of kids. It's my women's circle, Todd's men's group. It's um, the, um, podcasts, my books, podcasts, the column, my blogs. It, it's everything that we do um, underneath this umbrella of BU Inc. And our, I think um, our it's, it's still in development, meaning we're still kind of figuring out how to get it all on a website and everything. So you're going to have to kind of be patient with us, but we 
know that our mission is to help people have better lives. Uh, the tagline is kids and grownups living from the inside out. Because when you live from the inside out, life is a joy. That's right. Um, and that's our goal. So that's all. I got to go to bed now. And last but not least is uh, Avid Company, Jeremy Kraft, 630-956-1800, painting and remodeling all over the Chicagoland area. They're very good at what they do. So give them a call if you have any projects around the house that you want to get done. Yeah, and it's 732. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. I'm tired. Um, so, yeah, thank you for listening. Give us a uh, review on iTunes if you feel like it. And we just can't say thank you enough for listening. Yeah, and if you didn't listen to a last week's conversations with people we love, please do that. Um, we talked with a family um, who had traveled to Nicaragua. It was really interesting. And we have a great one coming up. Too. Great one. Can't wait. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Have a great week, everybody. Adios. Adios.